Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Missick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone hanging out with you. Delivered by Bojangles, the uh, place that will give you pimento cheese on anything, ladies and gentlemen. Your shoe, if you ask for it. All right, nicely. I'm sure they will oblige. Excuse me? Pimento cheese is the bomb. It makes everything even better at Bojangles. All right, Bone Man, we will get back into the Panthers coming up later this hour. Uh, but, all right, I have been called a hypocrite by some of my fellow Panther fans. We will delve into that later this hour. But right now, let's stay on this college football front, and we're actually going to preview a little bit of the season. I know that seems what? strange these days because our next guest has, uh, has always been great, you know, at putting together previews, whether it was at his old employer, SB Nation, or now at ESPN. And, but we also want to talk about his plan to pull off spring football because it feels like Bone, he is only, other than you and I, he is only the third media member that believes that spring football, if it would come to that for all conferences, could be done. And we're talking about Bill Connolly from ESPN who joins us on the Mac Attack on Sports Radio FNZ. Bill, thank you so much for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? I'm doing hey, good. I, I was really glad to read your piece. Because it was interesting to me when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had their cancellations and pushed them off to hopefully the spring. I noticed that all the people that want football so badly in the fall were also telling us, well, you can't possibly do it in the spring. And I didn't understand that. I mean, if worse comes to worse, I always felt like spring football was worth trying if we're in a better place. What? Ex explain kind of your plan, like. How do you think you can pull it off, be safe, and, and do it in the best way possible? Well, I, I mean, I, and I've talked to basically every coach in, that I've got in my phone to yeah. figure out if I'm just missing the, the bus on this because it does feel like a lot of people just cannot get their head around it being a realistic idea. But 
you, if you just lay out, I mean, there are basically two things you got to figure out to, to figure out if it's possible. Number one is how many games do you want to play in the spring? You know, is it, are we talking six or eight? Do we need more than that to entice the players to, to actually play and not sit out, not waste a year of eligibility if that ends up being a problem? Um, but figure that part out, figure out how to make it as, as interesting as possible. And then, you know, consult with doctors, doctors if you have to figure out exactly if you're playing a, an average of eight games or whatever. How many months off? How many contact-free months do you need after that before you can get started again? And, and once you figure those two things out, it, it kind of the the you can pretty clearly work backwards and, and figure out a schedule from there. I thought you know if you start somewhere in late January, and I realize we're talking about the Big Ten in late January, so probably have to get those indoor stadiums involved in, in Indianapolis and Detroit or whatever maybe, but. If you start in late January, you go whatever it ends up being, eight games or so, if other conferences have gotten involved by then. And, and, you know, it bears mentioning that, you know, there are breakouts in all the conferences right now that uh, want to continue playing in the fall, and they still might end up punting to the spring. If you have some sort of postseason, that's great. If you have five, four to five months of contact-free off-season, you know, no spring session, no anything like that, you are completely contact-free until probably September or so. Uh, you have a, a like a, a fall camp, then you have an abbreviated potentially season starting in October. That seems okay to me. That the that is a long period of recovery time. Still, we're talking. We're not talking twenty-four games in nine months or anything. Uh, it just it feels extremely doable, and I think if or when the other conferences join in, the Big Twelve, SEC, and ACC, and realize. Maybe they can't pull this off safely. Uh, if that were to happen, I think people would start taking the idea more seriously, and I think it's doable. We're talking to Bill Connolly, ESPN, here on Sports Radio FNZ. Bill, do you think fans would embrace spring football, or would that be a tough adjustment to make when a lot of stars may opt out because it's close to the NFL draft? I mean, that, if, you, if it's that or nothing, I think they will absolutely embrace it. It really will be. I mean, there's no way to avoid the fact that we were already seeing uh, stars opt out as is. We would inevitably see more because if you have a first round, if you're kind of a first round lock and you you are staring at playing a you know a a normal NFL season in the fall of 2021, then yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to play. But it's still that's only you know guys who might or might not get drafted in the fourth round probably need to still prove themselves. Probably need to get more things on film for the NFL, and that's pro- they probably – it's not like we'd be talking about 250, 300, 400 guys opting out here. Uh, they'd still have something to play for. So I, I don't think it would be everybody's second string playing against each other. You would lose some stars, but it, it, we we get over that if, if we're actually given the opportunity to watch football, I think. Bill Connolly is with us, college football writer for ESPN.com, uh, and you can read it. You can find uh, his piece – about wrote at the end of last week about the spring season is it doable can they do it safe can they make it work and to me it's worth trying um as a you know as as a you know last resort type thing bill i want to do something crazy here we're so caught up in the virus and can we play i want to actually ask you about some of these teams like if we play if like the acc and sec can get out there in the ACC race, does Notre Dame's presence make you feel like Clemson isn't a lock to win the title, or do you think Notre Dame's just not at that level? 
I mean, I don't think anybody's at that level at the end of the day. They'd be as likely as anybody to beat them, I think. Notre Dame's going to be really good. North Carolina's going to have a chance to be really good. Uh, you know, Miami, Florida State could always bounce back. They're challengers if you, if you squint anyway, but Clemson is still the, the class of the conference. This is a conference that has taken a step backwards the last couple of years. Adding Notre Dame temporarily certainly helps the overall quality level. And, a, and a, quite a few teams were young last year and, and should improve this year. But it's still it's still Clemson's ballgame. I don't think anybody's in that neighborhood other than just, a, you know, stuff happens and conference title game, one, one game only situation, anything could happen. But Clemson's very much the favorite still. We're talking to Bill Conley, ESPN here on Sports Radio FNZ and the Technicom Hotline. Bill, who do you view as the biggest threat to Bama in the SEC this year? It is going to be a, a pretty interesting uh, – I mean, I think you could make a case for Georgia. You can make a case for LSU. You can make a case for Florida or A&M, really. Uh, you know, Auburn expectations are a smidge lower. Therefore, they're going to be super dangerous. That's just the way it works <laughs> in small zone. But uh, I, I do think Alabama starts out at the top. LSU has lost. So much that they even had a couple more guys, you know, opt out here recently, and, and it's going to be a lot of new pieces. I think they were done a lot of favors by the schedule uh, that got released yesterday. They have as much, you know, for for playing ten SEC games, they still get a, a decent breaking in period playing Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Missouri out of the gates. Uh, well, assuming uh, you know it happens. But, um, you know, that's a pretty good way to figure out what you've got before you have to start playing Florida and Auburn in, in mid to late October. So I think they were done some favors there, and I think they're still super talented, but I do think it's Alabama's a step ahead of everybody else to start out at least. We are talking college football with ESPN college football writer Bill Connolly, and we are assuming that the season happens for those three power guys. That's the way we're rolling, Bill, for at least the next three minutes, and then I'm sure we'll start stressing about about it after you go. If not, we'll just talk to you in the springtime. <laughs> if not, we'll preview a spring season with Bill Connolly. Um, all right, what do you think? That SEC schedule of 10 games, when you start looking at it, man, it's really cool, right? That that level of play and no, no cupcakes out of conference. And for the ACC, 10 conference games, I mean, I know it's not the same level, but I like that too. Reese Davis said something yesterday. Says he wishes all Power Five schools would realize this is better. Go with 10 conference games. Do you think that would be better? And then secondly, do you think we have a prayer of that happening? Oh, I hate it. I'm like the one person who hates it. I really one as a as a staff person. As as a you know, I got my SP Plus rankings. Yeah. The idea of everybody only playing within their own conference, barely, almost not completely not mixing with other conferences, uh, that gives me nightmares from a stat standpoint because <laughs> uh, determining conference strength becomes dramatically more difficult if you're only playing amongst each other. I would always. I've always said I would prefer everybody to play eight games, and then you have some sort of scheduling mechanism where you know you kind of get paired off, like a bracket buster Saturday kind of thing uh, in November, where everybody gets paired off with kind of a like team, so that you can mix them on conferences, keep things pretty interesting. Because I mean, that, I, I enjoy non-conference too because it's just fun to play different teams. Like there's a problem in the ACC and SEC in that it barely feels like a conference because you don't play anybody. Um, or you don't play everybody, I should say. You know, I'm, I live in Columbia, Missouri. Like, LSU's finally making a trip to Columbia in 2023 in Missouri's 12th year in the league. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I don't, for me, I don't solve that with 10 game conference seasons. I solve that with pots. You play your three permanent rivals and you rotate everybody else and you played everybody twice every four years and that solves that problem. So I, I get the draw. Like, I get the TV draw. And I realize that we're in a situation where everybody's going to need to be making up more revenue here in a little bit. And I, and so I get that. I just kind of hate it because 
of the stat thing and because it concentrates the money even more at the top. Like it's going to be hard for like so many schools at the G5 and FCS level rely on those pay games for their budget and they're not going to get nearly as many of those. If we can come up with a solution in that yeah. regard to keep football healthy overall, then that's fine. But I am like, I'm the voice in the wilderness on this one too. And, and I, I, you, I, I'm, I'm less, I like it less than others. You make it some, you make some interesting points, by the way, Bill Connolly, follow him on Twitter. If you're a college football nut at ESPN, underscore bill c hey bill thank you for coming on thank you all right there you go bill Connolly, espn Thanks, bill. all right i did not expect that because i thought everybody in co- that surrounds college football would say reese davis is right 10 games in each power five conference would be freaking awesome here a couple of problems one is it's power five schools not even thinking about the group of five right right there's less opportunities like he said for app charlotte and those schools to play these big revenue games to get these opportunities on the big stage another thing is here's my question okay they play 10 conference games moving forward bone which i think i would like but what would be their two non-conference games like what are we losing we can't lose Clemson, South Carolina, right? Well, you can't lose Florida, so, Florida State. There's, like, there's certain Georgia, Georgia Tech. Can like, we that get, has to be on there. Can we get all the teams to play one Power 5 opponent and one non-Power 5? Or are teams that don't have a natural rival going to want to use that for two, you know, cupcakes? Yeah, because right? the ones we just mentioned, you can't even the ones like Louisville, Kentucky, you can't lose that. Do we so. want to lose marquee non-conference games? I don't know, man. I, I think I like it, but I think there are some good points to be made there. I'll tell you this, though. The SEC ten game conference schedule is freaking cool, man. Like that that is that's way better bone than when they play the one double A teams that one weekend in November. Way I'm better. I'm not sure I like it for South Carolina. I kinda yeah. need Is uh, it gruesome bone? Is it scaring you? I kinda need Coastal on there somewhere on the way. That was that was supposed to be their first opponent. Because they have four of their first five Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, LSU, bye week. Texas A&M. Now, it's going to be that way anyway, but it's just, it always feels like a gauntlet for South Carolina, doesn't it? It just feels like a Why does it feel like they gauntlet. have the hardest schedule in the conference every year? I mean, I know I know SEC schedules are hard, but it feels like theirs feels like the hardest. By the way, Boney, let's just hope you're, you're complaining about the schedule in six, seven weeks. That's true. Right? That's a very hope, good point. Let's hope that's actually a thing. Very, very good point. Mac, when we come back, we're going to talk to, or I'm not going to talk to him. We're going to hear from Trey Boston on some audio about the rebuild, and we want to know, our fans starting to get pumped up for the Matt Rule era and what they're trying to build. It's Mac and Bono, Sports Radio, FNZ. From what we know, Carolina Panthers never had two back-to-back winning seasons. And uh, we're not saying it's going to be, uh, you know, mucho rapido, uh, but we plan on making a, a difference that stays from the long haul. And uh, we like, you know, the way Coach Rule's you know, coaching this team up right now, he's, he's gaining a lot of respect from guys. Sports Radio FNZ, Trey Boston, he said it himself, he said, I got to be one of the leaders of the defense. I'm only 28, but I look around, I'm one of the old dudes. And he was amazing yesterday. Uh, y'all should check it out, the Trey Boston, uh, you know, Zoom conference call. Bridgewater was great. He always is at, the, at these things. And Matt Rule, I love listening to as well, especially when he's talking about doing the defensive line drills and stumbling and bumbling his way through the tackling dummies. Uh, but it is Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone. All right, so this segment, Bone, was supposed to talk about how Trey Boston right there is saying we are embracing you know, the rebuild here, right? Like we are, it may not happen overnight, but we feel good about what we're doing here. 
And it's going to end up with me being, we're going to talk about the rebuild for a second. It's going to end up with why you think it's so funny. With the fact that multiple people are calling me a hypocrite on social media and text right now. All right, I'm going to respond to this. Because I was kind of thinking the same thing. And I'm glad that they beat me to it. So now I can just say that they said it and I didn't say it. I just agreed with them. We're going to play a new game. It's back a hypocrite, everybody. It's America's favorite game show. Hypocrite theater. So we're going to play that in a couple of minutes. Here on the Mac Attack on FNZ. But just a quick thought about the rebuild here. Like, do you think we're getting to the point? Because I get it, man. Listen, I, I've been through it. I'm a Panther fan like y'all. You can tell, hopefully, by listening to this show, Bo, you by doing it, how much I care about the Panthers. Maybe too much. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so, like, watching that era go bye-bye and watching, you know, the team uh, captain photo from the Super Bowl and there's nobody left, like things like that, man, like that gets me, right? Gets me right in the feels, okay? And you're but not normal, I, you're not an emotional guy normally. But I have embraced the rebuild, Bo man. I have embraced the rebuild. I think you have as well. Are more Panther fans starting to come around? Like, do you find the thought of a rebuild kind of fun? Like, I'm excited about it. Let's see what the young guys have. Let's see what we're working with. Let's see what needs to be changed. I love Matt Rule's energy that Teddy Bridgewater and the guys talk about at practice. Like, are you energized and fired up for this rebuild? Yeah. Or are you looking at this season? Because I feel like a lot of fans are looking at the season like, eh, let's just get this thing over with. There, This is a rebuild, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be a terribly long rebuild. There's a lot of hope. With the guys they get just drafted, with the weapons on offense, with Matt Rule, it does. It feels like this is a rebuild that's going to work. There are some rebuilds in sports you look at and go, "Oh no, they're on like rebuild number five. They're trying a different coach, a different regime, a different plan." The constant for, rebuild. For example, I'll use one of my teams. Then there's multiple teams you could use for this, but I'll say the New York Knicks. They're in constant rebuild mode. There's never hope. There's a draft yeah. pick, but then there's a coach gets fired. The GM moves on. The owner's crazy. It's a it's a it's a circle of just endless, endless, endless negative things happening. With the Panthers, though, I feel good about it. I feel like this is going to be a one-time rebuild, and they're off and running. I don't feel like this is going to fail. I the really last, don't. The last two coaching regimes that brought that were brought in and rebuilt from you know stinky travesties of seasons were Foxy. And Rivera, and they did a pretty good job of it. I, I think that's one way to put it. Like with the Hornets, and I'm still excited about the Hornets rebuild. I feel like with Cupcheck in charge and Jordan laying off, I feel I feel like there's hope there. But it took a lot of failure. Like, it took a lot of failures, though. You know, it, it wasn't just one rebuild and error. They're still trying but to figure it out. There is that feeling of the Hornets are always rebuilding. Yes. With the Panthers, I kind of am at peace with that crew. That was the golden years of Panther football. Like Rivera, Cam, Olsen, TD, all those guys, Luke. That was the best era of Panther football. We tried. We gave it a run. Cam's health injuries and, and, and age of other players, you know, and, and Rivera, you know, just kind of struggling there at the end. Like, it had to end. It was time to end it. Like, I'm at peace with when we ended that era and what that era of football did. But I also am really excited because I have seen the last two coaches that were brought in take teams bone that were 1-15 and 2-14 and two and 14 and have them in a Super Bowl or just or the playoffs in the next three seasons. So I've seen it be do, being done before, and I feel like Matt Rule has the goods and can do it again. So I hope fans start to warm up to the process, for lack of a better word. Let, like let's let's enjoy the process of this, man. Do you like the, this comparison? It was almost like a TV show that got to the end of the line and it was done. Like they couldn't. 
that cast of characters, you saw as much as you could of them, and you sort of needed a fresh start. So the premise of the show remains the same, but they just sort of changed the cast now. So now we get to know new characters and new stories evolve. So it's almost like a TV show that just changed out the, the cast completely. New characters in there, but we get to watch them grow a little bit too, and it's going to be the same similar show, but just different people involved. There's no doubt. Like, I remember when they, the Rivera Cam era, and they started building that up, traded for Olsen, drafted Cam, right. Luke came in a year later. Like, looking back at it, those early years were fun. Man, we had something exciting with Cam and revolutionary offense with the zone read and Chud's Chunks. Remember they used to call the deep passes Chud's Chunks? I never and called it that, but yes, that was the term for there it. Was, so they also, his college roommates also referred to Chud's Chunk after a night of drinking, but I, I probably shouldn't have said that on the radio. Probably it's gross, isn't it? Nasty. My bad. My bad, Charlotte. You I probably, apologize for that. I am. I shouldn't have said that on a red. It's kind of a gross image. But anyway, I thought it would be funny. Anyway, Boney, th that rebuild was fun. And I was not here for the start of the Fox era. I was watching. I was living in Maryland. I was watching that. And I got here literally 2004, the year after the Super Bowl. And people think I cursed them from day one, Boney. <laughs> I, I, I never thought about that. But I, like... <laughs> I, I look back at those rebuilds. If you're a Panther fan, were those fun? Like, can you see the fun that you had in seeing something be built or am I full of it? And you're not ready for a rebuild and you literally won't be accepting of all of this until they show you the results. Like maybe some people are still thinking that show me the results. I'm not getting excited if they play the Saints within a three-point game and their offense puts up 30. You I mean, know? What's it gonna Whereas take, I might get excited about that. What's it going to take for you to accept a rebuild if you haven't yet? Watching the team play and not be very good on defense? is that Do you have to actually see them play or something? Because if you haven't bought into the rebuild now and it's August 18th and you've seen the whole offseason go by, I don't know. I don't, what are you in denial? Are, are, are people still in denial that it's a rebuild? Because they pretty much told you what it is. Yeah, yeah. The I, owner freaking told you what it is in a, in a letter. It's true. It's true. I mean, he spelled it out for you. And I know they've made some moves like Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson and Okung where it's like, are they really rebuilding? Or are they doing this kind of half rebuild? And I think that's kind of – but you're right. Owners don't write that sort of letter about being patient, and it might take time to get it right, but we're going to get it right unless they're rebuilding. Now, here's the other one. So it's interesting to see, you know, the reaction from our, our crew, Bone, and, and the fans, you know, some agree, some feel differently. Yeah. Now we got to play this game I like to call Is Mac a Hypocrite? I'm being called out, Bone, because I, and you were you were with me oh, on this. heavens, yes. I, I got on Panther fans because today they're nitpicking Matt Rule because he tumbled over the freaking um, uh, tackling dummies. And look silly doing it. Well, that was the point. He wanted to look silly. He wanted to liven up practice, right? He might look better than some of the guys on the actual defense. <laughs> and I, I'm ripping people that nothing's good enough with Matt Rule. Matt Rule can 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 let send or tell Mike Davis and KK Short because they're dads, they can come in late for the first kids' days of school. And and no one will say like Matt Rule cannot win people over, I guess, until he literally has his first winning season. And I said it's BS for Panther fans before he's even coached a game to be all against him. Well, I've had about four people come after me this morning and say, <laughs> I, I, why are you laughing? Say, I do the same thing with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Am I a hypocrite? Am I not giving Teddy a chance? And is it the same as people's attitudes towards Matt Rule? And why do you find this so funny, Bo? 100% hypocrite. <laughs> right now, we're doing this show from the Hypocrite Hotel uh, in Bar Grill. Um, yeah, I think it is because you're screaming about the, the rebuild and giving people a chance. And, and why don't people buy into Matt Rule? Why haven't you bought into Teddy Bridgewater? Why 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 don't you give Teddy Bridgewater a chance? If you want people to give a chance on Matt Rule to Matt Rule, you've got to do the same thing and not be a hypocrite when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. 
I'm trying to. I told the guy. I told, Teddy B. Teddy B. That guy. You sang about I him. told one of the guys on Twitter. Good point. But I'm trying to think this through. I'm trying, like, do I wave the white flag on this? Am I being like, am I doing to to Teddy Bridgewater what I accuse so many fans of doing with Matt Rule? See, here's the difference, though, for me. Teddy, oh, go Matt ahead, Rule, enlighten me. I am going to enlighten you here, and I'm going to tell you why I'm not a hypocrite. Because you know what? For a second, I was going to stand down. Oh, I was yeah. going to stand down. I was going to tell Mac Army because Mac Army's very upset. I'm being called a hypocrite. Mac Army on Twitter is very upset. So what I was going to do is tell Mac Army, stand down. I'm going to wave the white flag, and I'm going to say, you know what? I am being unfair to Teddy. I'm doing the same thing. But I'm not because it's different. Matt Rule was given a seven-year contract. He is here for the long term, right? He is going to be given plenty of time to rebuild this thing. Teddy Bridgewater, on the other hand, Boney, is given a contract where in two years they can get out of it very easy with just a $5 million hit. Teddy Bridgewater also, like... When I speak to people in the know, behind the scenes with the Panthers, they tell me Matt Rule is here. He's, you know, doesn't matter, two, three losing seasons, he's got the blessing. But what do they tell me about Teddy Bridgewater? Could be replaced next year. Very good chance the team replaces him next year with a franchise quarterback. So based on the likelihood of them being here for the long term, isn't it different? But no, but why don't you get why, doubting why Teddy here, and doubting Matt Rule? But while he's here, embrace the guy at least. Quit fighting that he's here. At least embrace the person that he is and the quarterback that we hope that he might be, I guess. At least at least give the guy a chance. Am I a hypocrite prep dog? Yes. <laughs> he would have said he doesn't even know what we're talking about. He would have said he's over yes, there studying the Bill's depth chart. No, neither has either played or coached a game for the Panthers, so you're saying one's going to be great, one's going to be awful. But so, one guy clearly has, you know, uh, has never the coached a game in the NFL. The other guy has this huge hill to climb, I think, to prove that he is their franchise guy. That's why it's different. All right, we'll try no to hypocrite. We'll try to sell this during the break, like men. <laughs> Next up, we'll read the best text and tweets of the day. Plus, we check in with Pam and Kyle Bailey. No, they're not together, but we'll check in with both of them coming up next on Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ. Mac and Bone hanging out with you. Today, Boney, we got another day where we've got a fair amount of sports, man. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Last night, I actually complained because I could not track NBA playoffs. I was trying to watch Kemba, and I'm trying to track the Canes game, which was beautiful for two periods, and the third period was just an abomination. They're down 3-1. And then I'm trying to track uh, Braves. They hit a, a walk-off to win. I'm trying to track the Orioles, and I actually started complaining. We had too much sports, <laughs> and then I realized, don't complain about that. Well, I, I Don't complain about that. I didn't have to use multiple TVs for months, but now I don't have enough TVs again. I, oh, it was cool. The NBA, I had the Yankees-Red Sox. I had the Braves-Nationals monitoring that the Hurricanes Bruins watching that I was just seeing what was going on with wrestling I wasn't watching it I'll watch it today but yeah the Yankees were also playing Mac their former rivals last night the Boston Red Sox so that was good to see that going on as well their former the former team that used to matter to them a lot holy crap the Red Sox Yankees have beat them seven times now out of seven they beat them 10 in a row 14 of 15 at home over the last two years I mean, the Red Sox are basically the Orioles with clam chowder in their bellies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty much what they are, man. Like, the, the, the Orioles have, have the Old Bay of Maryland-style crab soup, and they have the crab, you know, the uh, the clam chowder. But they both are your, you know, you know what I'm trying to say there. You know yeah, what I mean? The, the, you the, are our daddies. The Red Sox two years ago were one of the best teams I, I've ever seen. I put them up there with 98 Yankees. That's how dominant and good 
Boston was. And two years later, it's like it's they're throwing out hot dog vendors as pitchers. I don't know who some of these guys. I don't. I, I monitor what they do and their moves. I don't know where these guys are coming. From. They <laughs> sold out a little bit to get that championship. Their farm system's really bad. So yeah, that's the night of sports. Watching uh, watching your baseball, watching our baseball teams and hockey teams. It's good to actually talk about teams on TV. All now. these sports and the Braves with a Dansby walk off to win it last night. That was a huge win uh, last night. Although there'll be no Acuna or Albies for a while, unfortunately. All right, let's do this, phone. When we wrap this baby up last 10 minutes or so we like to check in with our crew right and our crew we roll deep man we got many in our crew the texters emailers we check with we bring in pam our traffic gal who's quarantined in her home studio and then we bring in kyle bailey see what he has going on bailey will actually have to work with preppy for a few hours on the show today. oh is preppy's, that true yeah preppy's staying on the board so he's so lucky he's threatening to yell at you today so look out prep dog does he know who i work with from six to ten every day <laughs> you get i think at i get yelled at enough <laughs> on the regular when i say hello i'm yelling at you oh yeah exactly um, let's read some of these emails texts and tweets see what our our peeps are saying bone uh mac is a jackass that came in that one Love came that. in there. Well, I mean, um, yeah, that's how your wife says good morning. <laughs> Another texter says, I can't wait until the season starts and Okung leaves during the fourth quarter of a game to go get a pool treatment. <laughs> <laughs> he did it again at practice yesterday. It is a regular, it is becoming a regular thing. That's, that's what He's going to show like. up with a, a noodle and sunscreen at some point, a pool noodle. <laughs> how about this one? Mac, a football landed in my yard yesterday. It says, return to Joseph Carlton. You know any or you know anything about uh, what happened there? Joseph Charlton. Oh, Charlton. Oh, the guy yeah, messed please. up the email. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> you don't mess up a Gamecock punter name. If you missed that, Brett Jensen, WBT, had a video that went viral of a uh, a punt that went awry for Joseph Charlton yesterday of the Panthers. That's it, what it is. It actually landed, I think, near Bank of America Stadium. Dude, it went, Yet they weren't practicing at Bank. They were practicing at the actual stadium. It went over the wall on the side of the practice field and either over or into giant tr pine trees. I'm telling you right now, y'all got to check that out. Brett Jensen's Twitter. It is freaking hilarious. I don't know if we're going to win the field position game this year, Bone. That thing went 10 yards sideways, sideways and 10 yards forward. That's well, it. My question is, where did the uh, the punt returner have to stand for the next punt? He was stationed in a tree with binoculars <laughs> waiting for trying to find the ball. Uh, let's see here. This texture says, Matt Rule is a clown. Freaking Rulezo the Clown is what I call him. Rulezo. That's the only way to explain his Chevy Chase routine on the defensive line Chevy drills. <laughs> he did look like an old, like, Chevy Chase, like, he did. Jim Carrey physical comedy routine. <laughs> but it's funny, y'all. It's designed to break up the monotony of camp. It's the same reason, Bone, they did a golf thing the other day. The same reason they did a hot dog eating contest the other right. day. Keep it loose a little bit. I appreciate a coach that can keep it loose for his players. Have fun. He's a young coach. He's only 45. You're listening to the wrap-up here. I don't know if that's what we call it, but I just did here on Sports <laughs> Radio FNZ as we go through texts and tweets of the day. We're going to talk to Pam from Traffic here momentarily, so stay tuned for that. Let's see here. I don't how, know why I called it the wrap-up, but it sounded it good. It might be the name now. You might have just named it live on the air. How can Preppy troll the Panthers about it, about not winning a championship on the air constantly when the Bills haven't won any themselves? I was asking a question. I got confused. Bone was talking about championships and with the Broncos, and I didn't know who was, who was talking about I feel like that is shameless though like well, for, i would just had a mistake but if trolls have the upper hand on us bone i feel like i have to you know tip my hat and you know just go on about my way it's really hard to take championship trolling jokes no soup oh for super bowls when preppy's a bills fan what team would you rather have right now mac the bills or the panthers which team would you what rather, team would what I rather, rather have, would you rather have right now? You brag for about the first the, 20 years of the panthers i'm existence. just talking about right now you brag about the bills like they're the yankees 
I didn't, even bring, con- I didn't even talk about the Yankees. I like mean, you talk they kind of are for the next 20 years. They See, will here's, be. The, yeah, here's right. the issue you have. You say stuff on the air or you tweet something out. Then when you get... You kind of get murked by people. Oh, I get murked you, by people. Ooh. That's what it is. You get all defensive and mad about it. Like people come out. I don't get defensive. We well, live that, in. That a, I just don't. What are you doing right now? We live in Charlotte, where there's more Panthers fans than everything else. Of course, I'm going to get ripped whenever I rip the Panthers. So what you say you like, maybe you could be a little nicer. Maybe you I could was, be a I little was nicer to the Panthers. It was an fan. honest mistake, Mac. I swear. I just don't know why he this Steve guy. I, I don't know that. why this Steve guy is coming at me right now. I just don't quite get it. Steve Slade, get him. Steve just slayed him. Get him, Steve. Slade? What Get does him, that mean? Slade instead of Slade? Who's oh. I'm very confused. That's the t- that is the tweeter's name, Steve Schley, that went after Preppy. So I said, I don't think that's, his, that's not his name, is it? Yeah, it's Steve Schley. Is it Schley? Schley. That's what that I was thinking. Terrible. That was an anyway, old man trying to burn there. On. Terrible. I, let me move up. I need to, you need to go and Schley down that's, for a few minutes. That's a dad that's burn. Good, that's good, Bo. Hey, how about this text? Oh, his name is Steve Schley. It is. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. He's Schley Preppy. All right. How about this texter? Can, Schley down, man. Can Duke students do remote learning from Jersey? It's not funny. <laughs> How about this one? I said I wasn't going to make UNC class jokes. Now they're making about Duke. We don't do that around here. How about this? How about this? We got it. We have a um, petition here from UNC athletes. It says, <laughs> "Hey, it says, hey, Mac, did I hear you correctly? We actually have classes here in Chapel Hill to go to. Sincerely, UNC athletes. Stop, man. That's cold, man. That's not right. This NC State <laughs> fan says they did it the right way with all virtual classes. My apology. I didn't know that State was doing that. He says, leave it to the Tar Heels to screw it up for everybody. But at least the Tar Heels have realized six days in, we got to try to save face here, right? Then maybe this will be the best way to do it. There are a lot of schools, ECU still throwing freaking 20-something parties a night. Can't spell parties without pirates, baby. (laughs) And to to be fair, the NC State students didn't want to mess up their sports season coming up. Bass fishing season is coming up soon, so... State students didn't, didn't want to mess up the three wins about getting football. Oh, look at that. Look what at that. You, come on, Preps. Prep Dallas A. So they didn't want to mess up the potential three wins they could get in football this year. Man, Preps trying to go after everybody. Wolfies, Panthers. ECU Preppy just came after NC That's State. another thing, too. He roots for <laughs> He went to freaking ECU. Exactly. And he's calling out the Wolfies. Like, what on <laughs> earth? See, that's the thing about you, Preps. Do you not realize that it's your shameless trolling? Hey, I was sitting in. People. I was you don't have in, a leg to stand on. Hey, but you I know. was sitting in the Dowdy Ficklin end zone when Russell Wilson threw an interception in overtime to lose the game. So I don't even yeah. want to hear it. Y'all were the truth yeah, though. Yeah, I don't back even want to hear it. Boney, they were the truth back then. ECU back in the days of uh, my man Ruff. Oh when yeah. They would own their ACC opponents. Carolina got some. I mean, to the tune of seventy something like. I don't know why I just snorted. <laughs> wow. I was also there wow. for that one, too. That was, why did I just snort I on the radio? I don't know. I'm uncomfortable right now. They had the, quarter, <laughs> the quarterback. They had me. a quarterback for a while there. Was it Dominique Dawes? Who was that quarterback for recently? Uh, Dominic Dixon. Dave, Domin- no, Dominic Davis. Dominic Dawes is a gymnast. US Dominic gymnast. Davis. He was a Dominic backup. Davis. Dominic Davis. He went yeah. from BC and transferred. Yeah. Dominic uh, Dawes was a gymnast. A yes. texter says Matt Rule looks like Vincent D'Onofrio and Pat Oswald had a baby. <laughs> What are these descriptions? What's up with rules of the clown as well, man? Seriously, this man is a program builder. He's going to get it. All right, let me bring in let me bring in Pam here as we check in. Pam, see Pam, how Pam, her Pam. quarantine setup is going. Pamela, what's what's the word today? What's happening? Uh, the word is I don't know. It's a good word though. <laughs> Pam, I heard that you took a shot at me not changing my underwear. I heard that. All right. I want. <laughs> I uh, I'm not laughing. So you put it out there, and it just happens to work with traffic. So 
you know. I would like everybody to know that I change my underwear on the regular. It is my son who goes one week with the same pair of underwear and draws the ire of his mother. Still going on? Yeah, my son might be at two pairs of underwear a week. Does any do you have you ever had this problem where your where your son doesn't want to change underwear or is my kid just dirty? Uh, you know what? My son is still young. You know, he's he's eight, so I do remind him every morning to change his underwear, and I'm pretty sure if I didn't, he wouldn't. But, I mean, that's just boys. Boys are gross. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I listen, I remember... I mean, hell, guys are gro- we're gross as adults. <laughs> Not this guy. I'm pro underwear changing. <laughs> well, I, I, my wife reminds me, Pam, also to change my underwear every day, and that, she so reminds I you of it. No, I'm just joking. Oh, I'm just joking. Wow, yeah. wow, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> Why would you guys believe that though? Well, she does a lot because of my track record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does make sense. I mean, and look at the one pair of jeans you own. So I do. Is it? Do you have a problem with wearing the same? Pam's not even here, and she knows about my jeans. Do you have a problem with me wearing the same pair of jeans five days a week? Like, does do other people do that, or is that wrong? No, other people do that, but they generally live in like you know on the street. <laughs> I get that, Pam. <laughs> you saw those Jenkos, Mac? It's been real, Pam. It's been real. What what did you say? Plinko? Do you, do you still have those Janko jeans no. you were wearing last well, week? That was not, I was not into that trend. <laughs> Plinko jeans. I was the into ones you so. wore a couple weeks ago, Matt. Come on. No, oh. they were they were dad jeans. They weren't Jenkos or everything. <laughs> they were close. Those Jenkos were the ones <laughs> They're that like all the guys. Stonewashed Jenkos. <laughs> yeah. What are Jenkos? Jenkos were the ones that all the guys that were dealing drugs and doing drugs back they in the 90s They go over your wear, shoes. Right? Yeah, the real big ones. Yeah. You know what's funny this. about that is that like, I, I've learned that different parts of the country, different sections, like or different cliques of kids wore Jenkos. Like with ours, it was the goth kids yeah, but i heard out yeah. i heard out west it was the skater kids right so skater the, yeah 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 yeah. so like I, when because they were big when i was in like the seventh and eighth grade the ones that were like the width of the jeans. those pants. things were horrible man oh, listen yeah. listen we all had horrible fashion trends i wore so much flannel in the 90s you would have thought i was paul yeah. bunyan that makes you know sense that was the grunge movement that <laughs> makes sense the paper towel guy and, and uh paper towel what are you talking who's about who's on the paper towels with the with the flannel on that's uh who's oh, that's a different guy oh is it okay. <laughs> mr clean mr clean no the brawny man the brawny man Paul Bunyan, Brawny, what is wrong with you? <laughs> is he not the same guy? <laughs> that uh, wrong they, they use Paul Bunyan as the Brawny guy, don't they? Oh, I'm go. Oh. So, so KB, I'm going to get out of this conversation. <laughs> KB, as we wind down here and hand it off to you, will you like? It, it, are you expecting to ha- have it out with Preppy? I saw you talking on Twitter. Oh yeah. Or are you expecting to try to ignore Preppy? What is your? Because I know he's pitching in and helping on your show today. Yeah, no, if I'm stuck with him, we're going to fight for a couple of hours. <laughs> if you're stuck with him, radio yeah. fight. You don't want the other kind of fight. No, <laughs> no, I don't want that smoke. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, he looks very frightened. Yeah. I see Prep. The first thought is, I don't want to catch those hands. <laughs> Speaking of frightened today, Bone and I took on Nick Wilson, and Bone might have called him Pancake Mountain. So wait, ex- what? Excuse us. While we run out of the building very That's quickly. The new nickname, Pancake Mountain. <laughs> I, I, I forgot like we were on the air when I said it. <laughs> I like it. Holy crap. All right. Kyle's coming up next. It could get <laughs> saucy with Preppy. We will hopefully be alive tomorrow after calling Nick Pancake Mountain. Tomorrow on the show, Mike Florio, among other things, tomorrow on the show, we'll recap another full night of sports and some more Panther news in college football. What will be the news story tomorrow? I shudder to think with college football. Y'all be safe. Have fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Mac Attack.